It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Join walking baseball encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors both present and past. Featuring exciting guest interviews and routine check-ins from the Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts, subscribe to Locked On today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, Yankee fans. It's Stacey Gotsoulias, the host of Locked On Yankees. It is Monday, August 30th. I believe it's August 30th. That's the right date. Yes. Okay. And the Yankees are in Anaheim taking on the Angels tonight. But for today's show, we'll be recapping the weekend in Oakland, which didn't end the way the Yankees nor Yankee fans would have wanted. But it wasn't as bad as you think. I'll get into that when we get more into the show, and then I will preview the games with the Angels. Again, that starts tonight in Anaheim. But first, you can get this podcast here on YouTube. You can also get it in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Yankees. So the Yankees headed into Oakland on a major streak, and they kept that streak going for the first two games against Oakland. And now they have a new streak a losing streak, (laughs) which isn't that great. But again, we'll get into why it's not that bad. Things could have been worse for the Yankees in Oakland, mainly because Oakland is similar to Tampa for the Yankees, at least in the last decade. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much a house of horrors. And they proved that, especially in Sunday night's game. And we'll get into that too. Um, The first two games were... Well, okay, I shouldn't say that. Thursday's game was slightly annoying because the Yankees had a big lead. They coughed it up, but didn't fall behind. That was the big key in Thursday night's game. They jumped out to a 6-0 lead. Then it was 6-3. Then it was 6-6 or 6-5, then 6-6. And they kept it at 6-6. And then, thankfully, Aaron Judge did something that he... Likes to do in Oakland, apparently. I don't know. He was putting on a show this weekend, which was nice. Very nice for us to see. Again, Oakland, for some reason, is a house of horrors for the Yankees. And their record in the past decade is terrible. Like, as in losing 21 out of 28 games in Oakland at one point. So, yeah, the fact that they took two out of four is actually good. I know everyone wanted a sweep, especially after those first two games. I'll admit I wanted a sweep, but it just didn't happen. So let's look at Thursday night game. We'll go in depth here. So Jamison Tyone, you know, uh, he admitted it after the game. He basically was having an issue with, well, he was having an issue with getting outs with two strikes. And it's, It was almost as if he reverted back to the Jamison Tyone of April, May, and June, which wasn't pleasant for Yankee fans to see. And I'm sure it wasn't pleasant for him to see because he had been on quite a roll uh, the past month and a half-ish. So I'm sure it was frustrating for him. He said it was. Um, He was just, 
he said something in the pregame, pregame, postgame about pitching with a big lead and throwing certain pitches that maybe he wouldn't if he had a smaller lead. And I guess that means pitches right over the plate because <laughs> some of his pitches did not look good at all. Uh, they weren't hard. They weren't hitting the right spots. And it just, it didn't work for him. Tyone lasted three and two thirds, gave up five earned runs on four hits. That's annoying. Three walks, four strikeouts, two home runs. He gave up the home runs to Matt Chapman, which I mean, you know, it's his 20th of the year and Sean Murphy. Wow. That was Murphy's 15th home run of the year. I didn't realize that poor Murphy. He was the one that grounded into the triple play the last time the Yankees played Oakland. So he got a little bit of not payback, but at least he did something because he, you don't want to be the guy that grounds into a game ending triple play. That's no fun. Anyway. So yeah, Tyone had some issues, um, but so did James Caprillion. He gave up six earned runs on six hits in five innings, gave up three home runs to the Yankees. Stanton hit one, Gardner hit one, and Gallo hit one. But Cap, I mean, after he gave up those six runs, because he gave them up in the second and third inning, he still ended up pitching five where Tyone only pitched three and two thirds. So Oakland came back in the bottom of the third to make it six, two. Then they made it six, five in the bottom of the fourth. They tied it in the bottom of the fifth. Then the game was scoreless in the sixth, seventh, eighth. And then in the ninth inning, Aaron judge hits a dinky single. It's all you need. You don't need a big home run to get the run. You get someone on base in front of you and that's all you need to do. And that's what he did. And it was the difference maker in this game. And Aroldis Chapman pitched a relatively clean <laughs> ninth inning, got his 24th save, pitched an inning, gave up a hit, struck out a batter. And it wasn't as heart attack inducing as usual, which was nice. And it was a good win for the Yankees to keep their streak. And at that point, it was 12. Then the next night, I'll admit, I'm going to admit this right now. <laughs> and we're going to go to a break first before we get into the second game of the uh, series, but I passed out in the eighth inning. That was a long game. It started at 940, but it was close to midnight then, and it just felt like a really long, drawn-out game, and I passed out, and I had no idea what the Yankees did. Woke up at 338, not, reali not realizing that I had fallen asleep. I woke up, all my lights were on, and, uh, and I looked at my phone and saw that they won 8-2, and thought, oh, well, that's good, because everyone was flipping out when it was 5-2. So, um, you know, again, two out of four in Oakland ain't bad. Two out of four ain't bad. So let's, uh, before we get into that second game in Oakland, it is time for the first break. And does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows and you're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you that there's a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. 
And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. That sounds pretty cool, honestly, because it is true. How many devices do we watch all these games on when you think about it? I know that my brother sometimes watches on his iPad. I sometimes watch on my computer. We watch on our Roku TV. There's all different things that people watch. So let's get into Friday, August 27th, which would have become the Yankees' 13th straight win. And the fun thing about that was they won their 13th straight and Garrett Cole won his 13th game of the season. And this was the matchup that I spoke about with Jason Burke from Locked On A's in our crossover episode that I thought would be the marquee matchup and had a feeling that it would be a good game. And it what the first three innings uh, was scoreless. And then the Yankees scored five in the fourth and fifth, two runs and three runs, always a fun time. And Cole looked good, you know, there were certain pitches that he threw that were impressive. He's basically showing people that he's doing fine without the sticky stuff. He went six innings, gave up six hits, no runs, only two walks, nine strikeouts, obviously no home runs because he didn't give up any uh, runs. He was up to 104 pitches in those six innings. So he wasn't that economical, but it was still a good start for him. And again, 13 wins at this point in the year is pretty good. And considering all of the drama around him being named as one of the guys reliant on the sticky stuff. And sure, he's had some issues, but that's a good start for him. And that's all the Yankees would need um, from him. Joely Rodriguez came in, gave up two runs. Uh, one of them earned People sort of panicked. It was funny when the A's cut it to 5-2. I was looking on Twitter as well, and you would have thought they had tied the game. I guess maybe people were worried or having flashbacks from the night before. But while the Yankees were on that winning streak, it felt like they couldn't lose. You know, those games just felt winnable, if that makes sense. And this one did. Chad Green came in, pitched an inning and two-thirds, Walked one, struck out three. That's always nice. Then Lucas Leckie came in, pitched an inning, struck out two. And the Yankees went up 8-2 in the top of the ninth when they scored three runs. Now, on the night, Stanton hit his 24th home run. Voight hit his eighth. Judge hit his 28th home run. So they're neck and neck there. Um, he's only four behind Judge, which is funny because wasn't he only a – yeah, he's – Stanton had a really good August. Uh, I don't think he wants to go into September. And with the way Stanton has been playing this year, by the way, um, every other month is good or bad. So if he has a rough September, don't worry, because if the Yankees make the playoffs, he might have a repeat of last year where he was just bashing the ball. So just keep that in mind, okay? <laughs> and Higashioka, that's right. He was one of the contributors to that three run ninth inning, which is always a fun thing. Gallo also had, or Gallo had a double in the game. So the Yankees were three for nine with runners in scoring position. Better than usual. They left seven on base. 
They had 14 hits, eight runs. Oakland had two runs, eight hits. And then Saturday happened. Saturday felt like one of those games that the Yankees, the Yankees was, wasn't, no, the Yankees weren't going to lose or weren't going to win. Actually. It just felt that way for some reason. They, they couldn't really get anything done. Um, they didn't score till the ninth inning. Um, Monta shut him down. He did a, re- I mean, he did a really good job at neutralizing the Yankees lineup. Kudos to him. He got his 10th win of the season. Uh, Cortez Jr. Gives up three runs. It wasn't a terrible outing. It was kind of a strange outing. That was the game with the weird calls at third base. The umpiring crew this series didn't have a great game, especially over the weekend, or a great series, especially over the weekend in those last two games. You know, um, Aaron Judge was basically the only one who hit anything important (laughs) in Saturday's game. He had a double in the home run in the ninth uh, that pulled it to 3-2 and teased us. And then the Yankees dropped that game. But Cortez, five and one third, three runs on four hits, three walks, four strikeouts, gave up the home run. Uh, Matt Chapman, what are you going to do about Matt Chapman? He's a good player. Now he's up to 21 home runs. And again, Montas, uh, Chafin, Montas and Chafin shut the Yankees down. Romo, not so much because Judge hit that ball. But Stanton missed a meatball and he knew it. He slammed his bat down. He hit a pop-up and he just missed it. Romo really didn't have strong stuff on Saturday. That was just, that was so frustrating to watch because you were hoping that the streak would continue. Maybe they would have a fun ninth inning comeback and they would take the lead and it just didn't happen. As my dearly departed Aunt Kathleen would say, what could you do? So (laughs) that brings us to Sunday, the Sunday night game on ESPN. I have thoughts about that. I won't say too much, but it is not enjoyable watching a Sunday night ESPN game. It really isn't. Um, It has to get better. I can't believe I'm saying this, but Matt Vaskersian is making me miss Joe Morgan. A-Rod is making me miss Joe Morgan. Yeah. That's how bad ESPN broadcasts are. So (laughs) can ESPN do something about that? Maybe. I don't know what they can do, but they really, something has to be done. Speaking of things you should do, have you gone to built.com and gotten built bars yet? I only talk about this nearly every single show. They have so many delicious flavors. There's something for everyone. And when you talk to a built bar fan, they're passionate about their favorites. Me, mint brownie. If you don't know the built bar flavors, you're missing out. Coconut cherry barcia, which was Jason Burke's favorite flavor. Raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. If you haven't tried all the flavors, get a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. Built bars are not just the best tasting protein bars, but they're healthy for you. They're high in protein, low in calories, low in sugar. They're, they taste good. It's, they're just amazing. I wouldn't steer you wrong. I promise. Go to built.com and use our promo code lock 15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, mixed box. Just do it. Try every flavor, figure out what your favorite is. And then when you know what your favorite is, just keep reordering it. Like I do with mint brownie. You can use promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. 
It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. Open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday night, September 9th, season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. This is for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL 100. Bet online is the fastest and easy way or easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Just use our promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So last night's game, let's talk about it because woo, Ooh. other than it being a horror show because it was on ESPN, it was a horror show. <laughs> Guys who are normally sure in the field, who you wouldn't expect to make errors, was something happening with third base in the Coliseum last night? Because not only did Gio Urshela look bad at third base, but Matt Chapman, who Matt Baskersian couldn't shut up about last night, Buckner to ball. That's how the Yankees got their lone run of the game. He let the ball go through his legs. The sure-handed Matt Chapman, who was making routine plays that Baskersian could not shut up about all night, and then he does that. And Gio Urshela, again, what, there were two plays that he made that were just, what is happening? Tyler Wade made a play that wasn't great. Jan Gomes made a play play that wasn't great. He dropped a foul ball, kept it back going. Yeah, something was happening in the Coliseum. Something strange was happening. It was very weird. I don't know what was going on. It just wasn't a good game for either team. And, ugh. you know, Oakland scored first in the fourth. Yankees scored in the seventh, thanks to Anthony Rizzo, a combo of Anthony Rizzo and Gary Sanchez. And then the eighth inning, did anyone else have a bad feeling about Chad Green? I don't know. I felt it in my gut. I don't, you know, he, when I shouldn't say occasionally, he's given up a bunch of home runs this year. And I believe since the start of the 2020 season, he's given up 16. So that's a problem. And he gave it up to Yankee killer, Tony Kemp, who looks like he's five, four, no offense to anyone who's five, four and good for him for making the majors and, being the kind of player that can do that sort of thing. But <sighs> why does it feel like it's always him? It's always him. The second he hit that ball, what a meatball. Chad Green just chucked up a meatball. <laughs> and Tony Kemp, Kemp deposited into right field. And at that point, you're thinking, yeah, they're not coming back and winning this. It didn't feel like a winnable game all night just from the way things were happening. They were getting people on base, couldn't score them. Luke Voigt looked horrible. Um, Luke Voigt almost looked as bad as he did in that game against Seattle that I saw him in a few weeks ago when he first came back from the IL. I, you know, it was just one of those games, but it was compounded 
with the fact that they lost Saturday. So now they're on a two-game losing streak after winning 13 in a row. They're not going to go on a 13-game losing streak. Don't worry about it. They'll be fine. Jordan, Poor Jordan Montgomery. He pitched really well. Gave up one run on six hits in six innings. Didn't give up a walk. The run didn't come on a home run. That's always a good thing. And he struck out three. So it was almost as if the Yankees were back to the June into July Yankees that never scored for Jordan Montgomery. That's pretty much what it was like. So I I felt bad for him. He pitched really well. And speaking of Montgomery, CeCe Sabathia put in his Instagram story a picture of his TV and Montgomery pitching, and it said, watching little bro. I just think that's that's great. And I've told you guys about this, where – Jordan Montgomery was talking to reporters about how he has Andy Pettit and CC Sabathia in his phone and that he talks to them semi-regularly because he's the big lefty and they were big lefties for the Yankees. So that's, I love that. That's cool. So let's preview the Yankees are playing Anaheim for three games begins tonight. Hey, They updated the starting pitcher for the Angels. I've been waiting for this all day. It's almost 6 p.m. I know I'm doing this late. I apologize. But I figured I'd do kind of like a preview. So here we are. So it's Corey Kluber. Oh, that's right. The return of Corey Kluber. This is a big deal. Uh, He's been out since May. He did some rehab starts. And I don't envision him lasting long. He's probably on a pitch count. I heard that they were going to piggyback Heaney, which is a frightening prospect, but you never know. So he is, Kluber, starting against Mike Mayers, who's 4-4 and with a 4.07 ERA in 59 and two-third innings with 74 strikeouts. His last seven games, this isn't good. Ha. He's 2-0 with a 2.00 ERA. That's in nine innings in seven games. Oh, okay. Hold on. He's an opener. That makes sense. Okay, so you're going to see a bunch of people pitch tonight for the Angels. You'll see a few people pitch for the Yankees. It's going to be that kind of a game. Okay, that makes sense. Last time he pitched was August 27th against the Padres. One and one third, one hit, one strikeout. He pitched on the 25th against Baltimore, the 21st against Cleveland. Okay, Corey Kluber. Let's go back to Kluber. Haven't seen him in a while. He's four and three with a 3.04 ERA, 55 strikeouts and 53 and a third. As you know, oh, well, okay. His last three games, the game against Toronto that he had to come out of because he didn't feel well, three innings, two runs, three walks, five strikeouts. He got the loss. And the previous game to that was his no-hitter in Texas. (laughs) Nine innings, one walk, nine strikeouts. And then his previous game against Baltimore, six innings, four runs on seven hits, Two walks, six strikeouts, still got the win. That was way back on May 14th. So it's been a while since we've seen Corey Kluber. The main thing with him is that he stays healthy tonight. I know you don't want him giving up eight runs in two innings. I don't envision that happening. Uh, For the people who are listening, I just crossed my fingers. So hopefully that doesn't happen. We'll see. Then on Tuesday, Tyone against Otani. Now, as you know, the Yankees actually did really well against Otani when they faced him in June, and then Aroldis Chapman gave up the Grand Slam. 
and the Yankees lost that game 11-8 after they were winning 7-2. I was at that game. It was a nightmare. <laughs> it was a shock that they got rid of Otani so soon. He was out in the first inning, and they scored seven runs. And it was, it was one of those games where I expected to see Otani shut down the Yankees. I expected him to hit three home runs because, you know, the Yankees were in that kind of funk at that point in June. And then after the first inning, I'm thinking, wow, this is going to be a great game. And then a roll to Chapman happened. So anyway, Tyone, as I said, in the game against Oakland, not great. Five runs in three and two third. His previous two starts to that, he at least hit five innings. He had hit six in his previous couple of starts before that. He's, it seems like he's regressing. He might be hitting a wall. You know, he hadn't pitched in a really long time before the Yankees signed him, had the second Tommy John surgery. So this is basically his comeback season. He might be hitting a wall. It's possible. Um, you know, he's, he's pitched in 25 games this season. It's the end of August. It happens. So hopefully he's going to get out of that funk that he was in in Oakland and look a little better. As for Otani, I mean, what can you say about him? Eight and one with a 3.00 ERA, and then the 40 home runs. He is just unbelievable. And as I always say, I feel bad that he's in Anaheim because no one gets to see him <laughs> because they won't put him on national TV because Anaheim is never good enough to be on national TV. So it feels like no one is watching what Shohei Otani is doing, and he is having a historic season. And it's a shame. But no offense to him, I hope he doesn't do well on Tuesday night. And then on Wednesday, it's Garrett Cole looking for his 14th win against Jamie Baria. Baria is 2-2 two and two with a 5.56 ERA in 34 innings with only 19 strikeouts. Now, let's see. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, well, he threw three and one-third innings against Baltimore on the 26th. Yeah, his last three starts combined he's pitched eight and one third so he doesn't last long is he even a starter or is he an opener hmm i don't know how the angels are doing are they cobbling together they probably are you know otani's their best pitcher so yeah against cleveland on the 20th he gave up five runs in two innings Against Houston on the 14th, he gave up three runs in three innings on seven hits. So the Yankees could get to him with that 5.56 ERA. If it's the Yankees of August carrying into September, that would be lovely. And again, Cole, 13 and six right now with a 2.80 ERA in 148 innings. He hit the 200 strikeout mark in his last game. He's at 200 on the nose. Pretty cool. So yeah, to recap, Yankees escape Oakland, and I'm saying they escaped Oakland because they don't play well in Oakland. So to escape with a split, even though they went in on such a big winning streak, is still a good thing. I know a lot of people were annoyed about it, but just think about it. As I said at the beginning of the show, Oakland is basically like Tampa for the Yankees this past decade. For some reason, it's a house of horrors for them, and they just can't win. So two out of four, well, Meatloaf says two out of three, but two out of four ain't bad for the Yankees. So what could you do again? What could you do? And then they play three against Anaheim and we are going to get into later this week. I was talking about the Yankee schedule remaining for September 
And I saw something that said they have the third easiest schedule in September. And, or no, the sixth, wait, is it the sixth easiest? And Tampa has the third hardest or reverse that. I'll come back with the correct numbers later in the week, but we're going to explore what the Yankees need to do to hang close to Tampa because of these two losses. And because Tampa was playing against Baltimore, the Yankees are now six games back. So the 13 game winning streak was great, but Tampa kept winning, which was annoying. And again, you can't do anything about that. So the Yankees just need to take care of business themselves. The Rays and the Red Sox are playing against each other this week. I mean, both of them, can they both lose? Is that possible? Probably not. Anyway, <laughs> that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcasts Locked On Bets. Betting on the Yankees doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. If you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. And make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. So enjoy your Monday. Hopefully the Yankees will do well for everyone. And I'll talk to you all tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.